Z1077 welcomes you to Up Close, a weekly public affairs program presented by Z1077 News. You're invited to call in with your questions and comments. Our call-in number is 366-8471. Now, your host for Up Close, Gary Danielle. Well, thank you, mystery announcer, wherever you are. And welcome to the Z1077 Up Close show on this February 24th of 2023. A rather brisk day with some kind of fun weather. I don't know about you, but I like it when the weather gets 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 cold and brisk. It's, it's a nice change. A guest in studio today, Don Rao, the chairman of the San Bernardino County Board of Supervisors, and Steve Reyes, the third district field rep. Uh, Stationed here in the Morongo Basin, and Steve and Don, welcome to the Z1077 Up Close Show. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. Thank you. Delighted to have you. So so I introduced you as chairman of the Board of Supervisors, but you're also the third district supervisor. Correct. But I think we get. I think you get the chairman title for, what, two years? Two years. years. Yeah, congratulations. That's Th- wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. It's yeah, that shows uh, shows some good leadership, Don. We're, we're just all so proud of you around well, here. thank so. you. And Steve, welcome back. Uh, we haven't seen you in a, what, about a year or so? It has been a year. Thanks yeah. for having me. Well, delighted to have you back. And, and we're kind of lucky to have Don. Uh, I had actually a Steve about coming on the show and talk about local county services and uh, Don had a meeting canceled today and said hey I can come in too so we're delighted to have you here. So. Oh, I'm glad we could both make it. Yeah uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the little little known things about the county of San Bernardino. You know we've talked uh, we had Captain Warwick here from the Sheriff's Department mm-hmm. we talked about law enforcement uh, we talked about uh, op- Operation um, Hammer Strike and, and Operation Dust Devil. Uh-huh. Talked about those operations but we haven't talked about some of the little things that people don't know about the county of San Bernardino and I recently saw a remarkable uh, statistic about homelessness in the county of San Bernardino. Mm. Due to some extraordinary effort by the county, homelessness is down, I think it was 23% of the people who are unhoused, I think that's not the new politically correct term, mm-hmm. unhoused have been, what they're doing is instead of just trying to house them, they're trying to figure out why they're unhoused. If it's a job problem, giving them job training. If they've got an old arrest, they're helping them with the expungement. So they're taking away the reasons for that person to be homeless. That's very true. So there's an awful lot of money at the state and the federal level to help us combat those that are unhoused. And we have a coalition of partners, both nonprofit as well as government workers, that are trying to figure out um, and, and there's a couple of different subgroups. We have what we call dual diagnosis, those that have um, suffer from mental health and or addiction. And oftentimes in the unhoused population, it's both. So getting those folks that may not want to be off the tr- street, fi- finding out why is it. And it's they can't take their dog into shelter sometimes. There's testing for substance abuse that takes place in shelters that they don't want to go. And they choose to remain unhoused because now they have a community. So it's, it's twofold. It's how do we get those off the street and into homes so that their lives can go back to um, a productive life? And then it's how do we stop it? And it is, like you said, it's a combination of things. Is it affordable housing? That's not the only reason. Um, loss well, a, of jobs. A, a lot of bureaucracies, however, will just say, okay, we'll do this. But San Bernardino County has taken a really multifaceted, mm-hmm. uh, starting when the first contact, the Sheriff's Department has their HOPE program, where, uh, it, where the deputies are now being trained to ascertain what the needs are of, uh, of that unhoused person. Correct. We also have a program called Inroads. And Inroads partners with the Department of Aging and Adult Services, as well as the Sheriff's Department, Department of Behavioral Health, um, and the nurses. 
and they kind of they go as a team and they identify and try to serve right there on site um, the needs and assess the needs. And big pat on the back going out to the city of Twenty Nine Palms. Uh, yesterday, they uh, they made sure that twenty unhoused people in the city had hotel rooms for the next four days during this extremely cold. cold weather. So they they took some of their TOT funds that they had and they used them to house the the unhoused in in Twenty Palms. So a little pat on the back going out to That's them. That's good so, because it's, you know it's it's cold. Yeah. We, we live in the desert, but. Uh, there was snow in my backyard yesterday. So, and I'm, of course, if you go on social media now today, there's it's nothing but snow pictures. So, uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's an amazing thing. We had the uh, a couple of local realtors on the show last week, and they're talking about about the market. Mm-hmm. San Bernardino County has been tumultuous with the market because you, especially your district, Don. Uh, has a lot of effect from vacation home rentals. And that has been a huge issue. I think at this point the county has defined all their rules and regulations for um, vacation home rentals. I know the city of Twenty Palms has put a limit and uh, talked about who can own them and how many and corporate ownership and all that. Yucca Valley has done the same thing, and so has the county. But what they're saying is that uh, a person who makes an investment in a vacation home rental, now what is happening is there's so many of them and the market is declining that the start, those are starting to come back on the market. Sure. Yeah. And they said that the, the hot market now is 29 palms. That's, they said that's what they're getting the most. For vacation rentals or for the no, sale for, of? for the sale of homes. Oh, for for single <clears throat> single family residences, and more are becoming available. I think the the last um, hurdle to be hopped as 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 the county prepares the regulations is what they call alt uh, alternative structures. Yeah, and that's you know somebody puts a travel trailer in a backyard or a or teepee? a tent or a yurt or something like that, and the county's going. Not no. so fast. It's it's primarily a sanitation concern. So it's environmental health. Yeah. Um, when you look at it and you see, well, first of all, I'm not sure any of us really want to, maybe you want to look at the teepee. Maybe you want to look at the snow globe <laughs> uh, with a clear glass. Maybe not. So how do, how do we zone appropriately for that? That is a question that has been asked. And if it, it's really an interesting fine line because it is your private property if you want to do things on your private property to earn a living that doesn't impact your neighbors or the the environment, should you have the right to do that? And the county is trying to answer that question. So yes, you do pay property tax and yes, you do have rights within. However, if people, when they come and they eat, do they have proper places to prepare that food? And then the other end of that, do we have sanitation to accommodate that which happens afterwards? Um, one of the so we had Hip Camp come in. They are one of the bigger entities that promotes this stuff. All of those uses are currently illegal in our county. We do not have that. You can apply for a special um, a conditional use permit to go through the process, which we have had people do. It's expensive and time consuming, so I would want to respect those people that have gone through that process to have the proper sanitation and traffic, ingress, egress, noise, lights, all that. So right now, alts or alternative type camping is illegal. And we've met with Hip Camp. We've tried to communicate that with them. When we see listings pop up, we ask them to take them down. But they're they're making money off of it, and homeowners are making money off of it. And so their solution to me was, well, what if we just put porta potties on all these sites? 
and that we met in a Joshua Tree office and they looked out, they, they did the sweeping hand over Highway 62 and said, look at all this open space. You know, nobody's gonna see a porta potty there. And I said, can you see these houses? Those are their backyards, that's not fair. Um, so it's a different definition of open space and backyards. Uh, people have said, well, what about uh, uh, Auto Camp? Well, Auto Camp, uh, all the airstreams in Joshua Tree each have their own sanitary facilities. I think they have a package plant built right onto that facility. They do. And yeah. when they went through that conditional use process, they studied traffic, they studied noise, they studied night sky ordinances and how it would impact it. And all of those impacts were forced mitigation. So um, that's the appropriate way to go through the land use process if you want to do any type of alternative camping or campgrounds in general, not to have these in the backyard. And the reason I bring it up is land use tends to be where people are really watching what the county is doing very carefully and how it affects them. Uh, Steve, you live in Wonder Valley, and I'm sure you've got the Wonder Valley, the Wonder Inn uh, controversy going up there. How, what's the process of that? And I think we ran a story a couple of days ago saying it was the, one of the last days to, to uh, comment on that to the County Planning Commission. Correct. Um, I have to kind of back up and explain my role in the community as I'm, uh, my primary job is constituent Steve, concerns. Steve, thanks for being out here tonight. Explain your role in the community. Uh, thanks for asking. <laughs> um, two words, constituent concerns. Uh, my whole job is to handle um, issues that come up with, with folks in the community. I think my top four things would probably be uh, code enforcement, public works, um, law enforcement-related issues, and... Again, I think code enforcement would probably be the primary concern that I get phone calls about, and that goes back to land use. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick call. We've got Aaron on the radio, and okay, uh, I don't see them on hold, so I'm just going to try this. Aaron, you're on the call radio? Is, is that no you? no longer available to Okay. All right. Well, uh, if I could get my producer to fix the phone, we'll be in great shape <laughs> anyway. So, Aaron, I uh, apologize. Uh, call back a little <laughs> bit. So, uh, code enforcement, and, uh, and it's, you live in Wonder Valley, but you represent the entire Morongo Basin. So what are people's concerns about co code enforcement? Uh, I know it's a lot of my neighbor's got a lot of trash on his yard, but there's, 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 more, there's more than that. Correct. Um, typically, I'll get phone calls about abandoned cars, uh, abandoned property where homeowners are vacant, and they've let the property just – accumulate trash and and whatnot um it, typically those are the primary types of calls that i get um and again your pri your primary job is to represent the constituents so if somebody comes to you for a county service you can help them navigate to the right person in the right office and, and that kind of stuff so I, I think the reason you're saying that is that i am i'm not part of the planning commission <laughs> i don't make this decision so but i will i will help you make your public comment for or against and i think that pretty much sums it up i'm kind of the person that connects the dots um whether a constituent is kind of frustrated with the system or stuck in a maybe a permitting process they'll come to me and then i'll liaison with them and the various entities and 95 percent of the time the issues resolved with a phone call call or an email there seems to be a lot more activity out in wonder valley uh, not necessarily code enforcement activity but a lot more people are moving there they're coming there from the outside i'm seeing a, a lot of arts things they just, they just had a wonder valley film festival wednesday it was all movies that were filmed in Wonder Valley. 
Yeah, it's a it's a very popular place to live. My wife and I discovered it going back seven years ago. We fell in love with it. We moved out there full time four years ago, and absolutely, um, there is a true sense of community there. Um, that people we love living there, and we love we have some great friends out there. We've never fallen short of things to do living in the desert, moving from from Orange County. You know, going back four years ago full time. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Palms. And uh, Kevin uh, Bone, uh, who is part of the Palms, is, has uh, been active here, and uh, he's doing some great things. Actually, they have a little theater troupe and an improv troupe going now, so Wonder Valley's coming downtown. And the reason I bring that up is it's changing the character of Wonder Valley, and I think that's what a lot of people are kind of going, what's going on? But I don't know if it's necessarily bad or good, but it's changing the character of Wonder Valley, not just Wonder Valley. I mean, in the last five years, the character of Joshua Tree has been completely changed. A Yucca Valley, somewhat steady. It's, it's a retirement community, always has. Uh, you know, they went through their vacation home rental thing simply because their proximity to Joshua Tree. Are you seeing that through the entire county, Don? It just... Uh, it, it, things are changing. Technology is changing. People's changing. We're, see, we're seeing folks migrate from the coastal regions where it's become so expensive to live to the Inland Empire, both Riverside and San Bernardino counties, seeking um, affordable living and the ability to not make that commute to their job. So we, we have more jobs coming here, which is great. But then that means that people can now afford to live here, too. So we do see a migration coming from the west to the east. The state of California is also putting pressure on not just San Bernardino County, but counties all over to, for, for low-income housing. Mm-hmm. How is the county of San Bernardino reacting uh, to the state saying, hey, you've got to get low-income housing? So we try our best. Um, it, certainly that there are locations that make more sense than others for low-income housing. All of our communities would benefit from low-income housing. I mean, finding a rental here. Was, was next to impossible the last few years. That's changing, as you mentioned, with the market now. Um, to, there's, there's market rate housing that's available, but that's really expensive for folks. So the county is working with, we have several nonprofit um, developers. We have Labarge Industries. We have National Core that we work with to provide a sort of a public-private partnership for affordable housing. And we do that in communities where we've studied it, where there's the need and then the willing participation from the city. And I, I will give Frank Lucchino a big shout-out for 29 Palms. He's trying to work on converting some some older properties that could be hotel motel conversions into that so we've been working with frank on that now my understanding of 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 the state law and i and i'm not a lawyer and i'm 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 not a land use guy is what they're changing is um a developer who's going to do a certain development can now do part of that as a low-income development and not necessarily have to get permission from the local entity is that a, a proper a, or improper take? That's probably a fair question for the state reps. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I know that they're trying to make it easier to develop affordable housing, so that seems like it would be in line with the legislation that's been created recently. I just know that through our, our regional assessment, our arena needs that we get as the county as well as incorporated cities, they give us a number from the state, and they say you're, you're short this many numbers, uh, this many housing units. Uh, and there's various tiers. There's extremely low income, low, um, middle, and, and then market rate. So, the, uh, the vacation home rental issue, and it wasn't really an issue, it was a challenge, came out so quickly that the county didn't have a chance to 
put the ordinances into place before all the change happened with vacation home rentals. So they kind of had to go back and go, okay, we got to go back and look at this and how is it actually working, boots on the ground, Mm -hmm. what are the nuts and bolts, and they did that. Are there any other changes coming up that San Bernardino County needs to get in front of? There there are specific to that or other issues? Other issues. Oh. And specific to that. Uh, I know we talked about alt. So, yeah. Yes. So specific to that, the question has been brought up, is it appropriate to have a moratorium? Um, We have neighborhoods that are saturated with uh, vacation rentals. Downtown Joshua Tree, Lake Arrowhead in particular, we, we have density issues. And so as a part of our last ordinance revision, we directed the county to come back with a study on is it appropriate to have a moratorium or caps? And if so, how would you do that? Do you do it by census tracts? Do you do it by zip code? Um, how do we limit, how do we create, you know, you've seen sort of a 10%, 11%, 12% of available housing units. Um, that is one means to do it. But I met with folks from Lake Arrowhead two days ago, and they said, that's great. But your entire cap for the mountain communities feels like it's on our two streets. Um, and is that appropriate? And how, how far down do you dwindle that? Yeah, that would be a question of enforcement, too. I mean, how, how, how do you do that? And then, then yeah. do you put in, do you scrap all the permits and everybody goes into a lotto system? Yeah. It's com- the, complicated, right? Tough one. Now, do the, do the, when you get a permit to have a vacation home mm-hmm. rental, is it a five-year permit, 10, or is it permanent? It's, it's permitted annually. Okay. It used to be every two years. Um, when we revised our ordinance, we changed it to everyone. And significantly, we, we required that it, the permit not transfer upon the sale of ownership of the house. So it is not automatic. A new homeowner will have to go through the process of getting it re-permitted as a vacation rental. So it stops that business to business and, and really reverts it back to the residential property. And if a new owner wants to make it that, then they have to go through the process. So trying to determine densities within a particular neighborhood, that's going to be a tough one. It is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the county has growth challenges, mm-hmm. and I think all of California has growth challenges. What do you think is the biggest growth challenge being faced by San Bernardino County? Well, L- land use, uh, just in, in too many dis- people. In the third or, district, in your district, I think yeah. Steve and I would both agree that it's land use. Okay. When you look at how we spend our time. Um, our weekly recaps where we go through all of the issues and the needs, whether it's Barstow or Needles or the mountain areas or the desert, um, which is where we spend most of our time, it, it's all land use. So it is, and, and to answer your question, what are our greatest needs? We're, we're typically reactive in county government. It's not like we're a think tank and we say, okay, we're going to need affordable senior housing because our seniors are growing old. So what are we going to do to get out in front of that? It, it, it's just not how it happens at the county level. I wish it did. We're, we're big. We're not very nimble. It takes us a while to react. So you have to be more reactive than proactive you, just because that's the nature of the governmental beast. It is. Yeah. Um, one of the areas that I will commend all of the different departments was Operation Hammer Strike and the Illegal Grows, where we had our district attorney, our sheriff's department, the board of supervisors. Everybody got together in a very collaborative manner and rapidly to address that. So we are capable of it. Um, sometimes when it when you have the clash of things like private property rights and people's ability to earn income, such as we experienced in short-term vacation rentals, it, it becomes a little bit more challenging to balance the competing interests. And the enforcement of illegal cannabis couldn't happen without county 
giving law enforcement some teeth. Yes. And, and you did as you you put the onus on the property owners. Yes. How, how did that work? So what it worked is I had various Zoom meetings. So all this happened during COVID. So we were Zooming in with Shasta County and Siskiyou County. I was meeting with sheriffs and supervisors up there and just – we don't want to reinvent the wheel, but what are you doing that works and what are you doing that doesn't work? Um, and, and it came down to the property owners saying that they didn't know what was taking place on their property. Now, whether you believe that or not, I would say that 90% of them were probably lying to us and 10% were being honest. And so we really felt that going after the property owner was the only way to put teeth in it. And that wasn't through necessarily the sheriff's department, but rather our code enforcement And so what did that mean? It meant we can't send our code enforcement officers alone out to these grows to post notices of violation. So it has to be done with sheriff deputies, which we're staffing up on at that time. We still are. And so it was this coordinated effort to make sure that through um, an administrative process, an administrative citation that will eventually lean the property, if it's not adjudicated properly, then... That's where we found we had the greatest success, and the uh, and it's working. Mm-hmm. And uh, the county found some federal support for that. We did, and and even state support. So we've we've run into with Prop sixty four. The state initially looked at us and said, "You you can choose not to adopt um, legal cultivation, but if you do not adopt it, we're not going to give you grant dollars to eradicate the illegal because you're not embracing the legal." We were were so big geographically, we didn't feel that we could manage legal cultivation. Policymakers are not there. So we still got with the Attorney General and with the Director of the Bureau of Cannabis Control. They came down. They've taken aerial tours to say, this is hurting the legal market throughout the state. So how do we help you? So they've been really good partners. And the feds have also been involved in that to try to stop because we know it grows here and then it crosses interstate lines. Uh, Sheriff Niles, when he was the captain, yeah, he was certainly he was uh, yes, Sheriff Dykus and Captain Niles Uh when they were here, they likened the um, Operation Hammer Strike prior to the teeth to the law as whack a mole. Mm -hmm. So we'd we'd hit one and two more pop up a Mm -hmm. mile away, uh, but but now. Uh, that there's serious teeth on it. And uh, the, the property owners who say, uh, we didn't know that was going on, the county says, then you need to go see what's on your That's property. That's right. So, I've had two calls from people that I know, one in Morongo and one out in Johnson Valley, that they said, listen, we have tenants. We really didn't know. This is our tenant activity. Why are we being punished? <laughs> you need a new lease. Yeah, so. <laughs> you need, need a new tenant. Yes. We're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back with more with Don Rao, the chairman of the San Bernard County Board of Supervisors, and our third district representative and, and her field rep, Steve Reyes. We'll be back with more of the Z1077 Up Close Show. Don't go away. Hi, this is Sue from Sue's Health Foods. How's your new year going so far? Will 2023 be the year you reach your goals? Creating a new version of yourself or even upgrading your health begins with a thought. When that thought becomes action, change starts to happen. Consistent actions form habits. Without positive habits, positive change is, well, just a thought. Make Sue's Health Foods your new habit in 2023 and let us help you take action to move you closer to your health goals. 
There is no better time than right now. Zeus Health Foods, committed to your good health since 1983. Zeus Health Foods, committed to your good health. Get ready for Eliza. Eliza, live on stage. You know when you're eating and you take like one extra bite too much and you can feel yourself gain weight because your bra gets tight? One Night with Eliza. Friday, March 24th, 8 p.m. Fantasy Springs Resort Casino. On sale now at fantasyspringsresort.com. 1-800-827-2946. Don't miss Eliza. Live on stage. Domestic violence. You may not know that over 10 million women and men are subjected to it each year. Morongo Basin Unity Home provides shelter, transportation, and meals for victims of domestic violence and their children. In the past year, they provided shelter for more than 400 people, and the domestic violence hotline took over 1,600 calls. If you're a victim, call the 24-hour hotline at 760-366-9663 or chat with a live advocate at unityhome.org. And we are back with the Z1077 Up Close Show. I'm not quite sure if we've figured out what the problem with the phones are, but if you want to give it a shot, you can call at 760-366-8471. Our guest in studio today is Don Rao, the chairman of the San Bernardino County Board of Supervisors and our own third district representative, and Steve Reyes, who is Don's field representative, uh, based in Wonder Valley, but of course uh, serving the entire Morongo Basin. Uh, so, so Steve, as a as a basically a as, as Don's representative to the community, you say the the number one thing you get asked about is land use. Correct. Okay. What what about no, what's number two? What are some of the two or three of those challenges that? And and I think a lot of it is people just don't know how to deal with the challenge. They 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 kind of need to know the the ins and outs of county government. Well, I guess I think I'd have to talk a little bit about um, community service districts and the community service areas. Um, people, um, folks move in and they don't realize the challenges of living in unincorporated San Bernardino County. We're on dirt roads that aren't all maintained. Um, there are some community service areas where folks have decided to assess themselves, where we have graders, where they maintain the roads. In Wonder Valley, we have a very old one going back to 1972. Um, those road districts, you can create them, but it's up to the community to come together and work with community service district to, to get those um, done. So I think one of the biggest challenges would be roads. People don't understand that they're not maintained they're not county maintained roads and most of those folks are landers wonder valley north joshua tree those areas there that are experiencing some growth i would say probably in landers yeah where the communities the service areas have um have the challenges of keeping the roads up to date that's correct uh, uh not to um cause any discontent here but it's my understanding especially in the landers area that for a number of years, they've gone to the property owners and going, you know, this, there's a certain level of service you're paying for. If you want a higher level of service, you know, we need to raise the amount of money that you're paying each year. They're, so they don't pass that, but then they complain about the lower level of service. Um, I, I feel kind of passionate about the, the community service areas because that model is very old and someone referred to it as a, kind of the grassroots effort of the community coming together to assess ourselves because you can get a road paved. It takes one person, they'll have to pay for it, but the, the county will come in and maintain that road. 
Um, so it's the services are out there, but the folks have to get together to figure out and get everybody together to assess themselves. All right, we got a caller. We're going to try. We'll try the phones again. Here we go. And uh, Bernadette, you are on the radio. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I guess the question I have, you know, I'm a, I'm somebody who supports limiting the short term rentals um, by geographic area, um, and I, I'm hearing that it's sounding too complicated to do it by maybe street or, you know, a certain geographic piece of land, size of land. And I'm not sure why that is when um, there are programs out there that already have the streets listed, um, and why can't they be converted to track something like that? Well, I think they absolutely can. Um, <clears throat> the problem is, is that we, we have... Um, we have a company coming forward with a study that we've asked to be done about appropriate ways to do that. And if you limit one, I'll just give you a couple examples, and it's not insurmountable, but it's what creates the dialogue and a little bit of the challenge. So if I'm standing in the village in Joshua Tree downtown, and I say, let's say two per street, um, if, if that is maybe within a quarter of a mile or a half mile or however you determine it, that that can't be the same metric as Copper Mountain Mesa or Johnson Valley. We can't say two per street within a mile. It might not even have two houses within a mile out there. So it has something to do with the density and the zoning. Um, and it just, we've sat down, we've bounced a lot of this around, and we figured that we needed an entity to come in and let us know by our community plans, by census tract, by zip code. Um, there's all different ways that we can look at it to try to not have the saturation that we've had in certain areas. And we're hopeful that by the end of August is what I'm told, we should have the internal reports back and that October, November, we'll be presenting to the Board of Supervisors at that time what the results of that are and how to really manage that. So so I'm I'm giving you hope. Hang in there. Okay, Bernadette? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it sounds like you've got all the variables um taken into consideration it's just making the decision sounds like it all right thanks for that thank you okay and as we mentioned before the counties have to kind of go back and react to to what happened in the market and go back and wait a minute we didn't think about that and, right and that's that's happening all over the state mm -hmm. i mean the whole phenomenon of the vacation home rental has, has taken everybody by surprise you know airbnb first started to is for you to rent a bedroom in your home right to someone who's visiting and uh, they, there, there was a loophole and an opportunity to create some income, and boom, everybody, everybody jumped on it. There is actually a Facebook page called Los Angeles People Who Have Invested in Joshua Tree. I've, I've seen it. They, they won't let me join, but I've, <laughs> I've seen the. I'm sure they say Joshua Tree Radio says, oh, no, we don't want those guys. Mm -hmm. so. But uh, there's, so there's a lot of outside income coming mm -hmm. in uh, to the Morongo Basin. Another one of the things the county is doing is your, your public works department now has a pretty cool app for people who want to report stuff. I'm so glad uh, you asked about that, Gary. Well, you asked <laughs> me to, Don. <laughs> yeah. So it's called <laughs> See, Click, and Fix. See, Click, Fix. Um, it can be web-based on your computer, or you can download it on Android or Apple from the stores. It's free. And is it literally C, click, fix? Yes. The three words. C, click, okay. fix. All right. When I Google it to show people, you punch in C, click, fix, San Bernardino, and it pops up. Um, it is, it, it, well, it's, okay. it's a heart with a wrench in it. 
And what it does is it allows you to drop a pin and to say where there's an issue. Um, you don't really have to do much other than that. And then it tells you from a drop down menu, is it graffiti? Is it a homeless encampment? Is it an illegal dump? Is it a guardrail, um, a dead animal for animal control to come? All different things. And then it gets dispatched out and they have all of the, the data there. So instead of you having to try to figure out which phone number to call in San Bernardino County, and there's a lot of them, and which department to call in San Bernardino County, you just go to C, click, fix, uh, tell them where the problem is, what it is, and, and that automatically goes yes. to the county and they will dispatch out. That's correct. Um, we've gotten great feedback. I, I continue to promote that because I come back to groups, whether it's Rotaries or Optimist Clubs and things, and after Realtors, and they say, hey, we've used it, and it works, and they're responsive. I was uh, looking at, actually, Z1077 News this morning. Mm -hmm. I see the, the Sheriff's Department has just caught a couple of juveniles doing a lot of graffiti in the town of Yucca Valley. Yeah. So pat, pat on the back to the sheriff's department because i know it's it, it, it hurts the look of the neighborhood it, it hurts everything oh, yeah. and and i don't think a lot of these uh, 15 and 17 year olds realize how much they're hurting their community when they do that but, right so they're going to have a heck of a bill but uh, maybe they'll get a, a life lesson out of that so steve we had somebody call up and say how do we get a hold of you Okay. They can call the office. Um, okay. I hold office hours in the morning at the Joshua Tree uh, Government Center. Um, email as well. I'm always returning phone calls. It's never a problem. Okay. What is that phone number? 909-366-1414. Okay. 909-366-1414. Is that correct? Correct. All right. And uh, Gary, can I put a plug in for please. Glenn Harris, yeah, my other field you rep? You certainly can. So Steve handles a lot of the things that we're talking about today. There's a whole other side to the county where we're trying to promote sort of our arts, um, culture, and we have film festivals coming in. We have a lot of different aspects that we can enrich the lives of our residents through. And Glenn Harris is, but both Glenn and Steve are part-time. I bought a Joshua Tree no-kill shelter t-shirt from Glenn <laughs> Harris at the, art, at, the, uh, at the Orchid Festival. That is one of his passions yeah. for sure. Bless his heart. He's out there trying to help that, 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 that shelter. And I've got to correct 760. I said 909. Oh, okay. 760-366-1414. Okay. And... I also have to shout out to Glenn, too. Uh, when you're speaking to Glenn, you're speaking to me, and we have a great working relationship where we you know, speak regularly. So, I mean, we really do make a good uh, partnership here in the Basin. You mentioned Glenn kind of specializes in the arts. So, you know, that's mm -hmm. one of my passions, and I'm, I am seeing more and more of that coming to the Morongo Basin. Uh, Joshua Tree is starting to have a lot of people who are in the upper echelons of the very much so. entertainment and arts uh, who are moving here permanently, becoming permanent residents. You know, in Pioneer Town, when they wanted to have their film festival, there's an awful lot of um, great ideas and the money to support the ideas. And then it meets the collision of that, which is the county of the clunkiness that I mentioned. So you have folks that will say, hey, we want to have a film festival in 30 days. Um, how come we have to comply with, you know, the various aspects of land use? And so Glenn has been very instrumental in helping those things move forward. Good. Uh, uh, Steve, you get a lot of uh, questions about animal control. Uh, I see uh, I, we, get, we see a lot, of, a lot of lost animals out there, and we're big supporters of the Animal Action League, uh, spay and neutering 
spay, spay and neutering is actually a solution, but nobody seems to want to do that. I do occasionally, <clears throat> and I do it my best to to liaison to connect the dots between the community and animal control, whether it um, get um, live animal traps available to pass on whatever the concerns are. But it's not the number one call I get, but I do get them. Number one land use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. It always goes back to land use. But animal control is a, is a complex one. Very complex. Yeah. Uh, the Morongo Basin is an interesting hodgepodge of jurisdictions, Don. You've got the Bureau of Land Management. You've got National Park Service. You've got federal land. You've got marine bases. Uh, you've got some civilian land. Uh, it seems to me it would be a challenge to get all of those jurisdictional uh, agencies together to look at a problem, and what brought it up mm-hmm. here at the radio station, we're starting to take a hard look at what's happening at the Sunfair Dry Lake. It's uh, it started out as kind of an un unplanned social overflow for the park because there's no camping, camping and they OHB camp out riding. Uh, now it's become <clears throat> uh, it's, it's like the wild wild west it's almost like a, a village out there uh, the problem is some people are, are dumping their rvs mm-hmm. in the dry lake off-roaders are doing things they're, they're not supposed to do and yet that's on blm land so how does the county deal with that? I mean, it's identified as a problem. I think mm-hmm. everybody realizes it's a problem. But how do you fix it when you don't have jurisdiction? How do you get jurisdiction? So how we handle this is we host, I host a monthly coffee in my office in Joshua Tree. And I invite Mark Stamer. He is the field manager for the Barstow BLM, which has jurisdiction over that particular lake bed. Um, Captain Warwick is there. His lieutenant, um, all the, the marine base comes city managers from the two cities, the national park is represented there, both law enforcement as well as um, the superintendent. And so we have all those jurisdictions sit around a table for an hour. We have coffee. Thanks to Steve, we have donuts. And <laughs> and we, we there's no agenda. It is just a collaboration and a meeting of the minds. Highway patrol is there also. Um, water oh, dis- yeah, we're water districts, school districts. Yeah, yeah. We, we take every governmental entity that's here and we sit around for an hour and we brainstorm about how we can support each other in their various missions. Okay. So any, that's any, any plans afoot to start dealing with that challenge at the Sunfair Dry Lake? So Mark Stamer just took over. He's attended two coffees in our office. I'm sure he is slightly overwhelmed, although he's fantastic. He comes from the Federal Forest Service. Um, so he's got a lot of creative solutions. And we will make sure that he and Captain Warwick are connected on that very uh, that specific issue okay we're going to take another quick little break we'll be back with more of the z1077 up close show i'm gary Danielle. our producers michelle alley and our phone number for you to call is 760-366-8471 in studio we have don rao the chairman of the san bernardino county board of supervisors and steve reyes the field representative for the third district we'll be right back with more up close don't go away Come see Stuart Copeland's Police Deranged for Orchestra, live in concert Saturday, March 25th at Fantasy Springs Resort Casino. We are spirits in the The police founder will rock Fantasy Springs with a full orchestra, performing the iconic band's biggest hits. Hear songs like Roxanne, Don't Stand So Close to Me, and Walking on the Moon. 
during this exciting night of music. Stuart Copeland's Police Deranged for Orchestra, one night only, Saturday, March 25th, live at Fantasy Springs Resort Casino. For tickets, visit FantasySpringsResort.com or call 800-827-2946. Brand names at up to 90% off? Now, there's a Macy's Overstock store in Yucca Valley. You'll find treasures in a spot you wouldn't expect at B&A Boutique. 60 to 90% off clothing, outerwear, suits, accessories, shoes, perfume, infant to adult. The brands you want, like Coach Bags, Levi's, Nike, Columbia, Michael Kors, and Macy's Own Charter Club. All up to 90% off, but when you see it, grab it. Most items are one-offs. They also carry a line of custom-made jewelry from local artists. B&A Boutique, in the Jelly Donut Center, Yucca Valley. Interest rates on hard money loans don't fluctuate with the Federal Reserve. This is Patty Brown, a.k.a. the Loan Lady or the Queen of Green. Do you need cash for home improvements? Trying to fix up your home to put on the market? We offer great alternatives and flexible lending for home improvement loans and mortgages. Our money to loan comes from local investors looking to invest in people, not credit scores. We've got money for your next project available and fast closing too. Call me today at 365-7003. The Loan Lady, we want to be your real estate lender. And we are back with the Z1077 Up Close Show. I'm Gary Danielle. Our guest in studio today, Don Rao, chairman of the San Bernardino County Board of Supervisors, and Steve Reyes, the field representative to the 3rd District of the County Board of Supervisors. And we do have a caller, so let's go right to uh, Richard. You're on the radio. Good morning. Hi, my name is uh, Rich Middlebrough, and I wanted to uh, thank uh, Chairman Rao and Steve Reyes, not only for their support and, and everything they do for the citizens of San Bernardino County, but also everything they do for Morongo Basin. And uh, my wife wanted to thank them for the plug they put in for the no-kill shelter. She's involved in trying to rebuild that. So it's not just a plug. I believe the county just get a $200,000 grant to that shelter. They did, but uh, they need to pick up the pace on... Yeah. Um, things so they can actually use that money well you uh you keep you keep letting us know what's going out there richard and we can uh so so we can support it and and don you've been a big supporter of, of that shelter i have and i have good morning rich and please tell donna hello hi um I will. It, it, it is, I, I know it's a, I know Ben is helping you with land use out there at the shelter and we're keeping in close contact on how things are moving along. And I, I know it's frustratingly slow and some of the things that they're asking to be improved don't make sense. So we will continue to help through that process. Okay, Richard. Well, so thank you. And I, yeah, well, and I'd also like to thank Dawn. She's uh, supporting uh, the Sunset Rotary Desert Soiree on April 15th for, uh, to benefit Morongo Basin Ambulance and uh, that is critical to our upcoming uh, fundraiser for we can uh, so we can start providing critical care transport, and it's a pretty big deal. And you know, Chris Gubler, he loves doing this deal or no deal game, and uh, it really makes him happy to do that. And we're hoping to raise enough money so we can put this thing into operation and be able to uh, eliminate helicopter use and be able to transport people uh, with, that are critically ill with our paramedics. All right. Well, thanks, Richard. Appreciate your call. Right. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. And bye -bye. Uh, Dan, you're on the radio. Uh, good morning, Gary. Good morning, uh, uh, Don and Steve. Um, I'd like to know what the status is of the Morongo Basin Municipal Advisory Council. Sure, great question. 
So when we redistricted um, in 2020 for the census that is required under state and federal law every 10 years, you all municipal advisory councils have to be dissolved because the jurisdictional boundaries change through redistricting. So we dissolved the MAC and then we reinstituted the MAC. And um, I regularly attend our Homestead Community Council meetings every month. We have Steve and Glenn that cover different meetings and things like that. So we really wanted to focus on the areas that didn't have regular community centers and meetings, and specifically Pioneer Town, Joshua Tree, and Wonder Valley. And so we advertised for MAC representatives to come and apply for those positions so that we could stand the map back up. And I did not receive enough applications for that um, to happen. So what we've done is we've pivoted to what we have now as an open house. We're doing it monthly. And then the other thing to consider, too, is when we agendize um, MAC meetings, it has to go through the full Brown Act compliance. And I grew to 10,000 square acres in the third district, but I did not grow in staff. And so we have a lot more dirt to cover and folks to represent. And so my internal team that works out of the Joshua Tree office, um, everyone is part-time out of that. And they were having to agendize the meetings for the MAC that became pretty cumbersome and onerous. And so when we pivoted to an open house format, it, it serves the same purpose of hearing the constituent concerns come in on a monthly basis. We're having guest speakers. Our first guest speaker um, was code enforcement and our next one will be special districts. And so we're gonna keep the MAC um, on the books at least for the next six months. I don't wanna dissolve anything until we see how the open house is working. We had 40 people come to the first one. And so we're optimistic that we'll have a great response at the next one. So that is an opportunity to have your voices heard and come on down to that. Okay, Dan. Okay, right, thank you very much. What is the schedule for the open houses? Uh, is there a specific uh, a day and week of the month? Yeah, they're going to be. The next one is uh, March 29th. We're working on a flyer now. It'll be uh, sp somebody from special districts. We're putting the agenda together, and this is what's very um, I'm passionate about because I really want folks in the community to understand the role of special districts and the services they can provide. And Dan, we're going to try to do it in the later afternoon and into the evening so that folks can have time to get off of work and come. I believe it's slated for 4:30 right now on that date. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate your call. Good hearing from you. 760-366-8471. So, so let me get it right. So the MAC, as it was in the past, mm -hmm. uh, has become a, a, council, a, a, a bi-monthly council meeting where people come in. It's once a month. Once a month. Okay. Once a month. All right. So if you have a concern about your individual area if you live in north joshua tree or wonder valley then that that would be a way to it doesn't to bring matter to where county. you live just come on in yeah so the mac had to be agendized somebody has to create that agenda publish it 72 hours in advance run the meeting according to the laws of the state um, and then they had to do minutes of the meeting and publish the minutes of the meeting that in itself took a part-time position and it is difficult to have, we just don't have the bandwidth anymore with all the areas that Steve and I have mentioned that we're servicing. And so to do an open house, really, we kind of felt like this was the, the most um, nimble thing that we could pivot to, to have the community feel like they were welcome to come in and to provide those departments that we know are the main concerns and to, to have code enforcement out there and let everybody ask their questions. Do you get a lot of questions about that, Steve, about the, about the MAC? Not really. I've a handful of them. 
Um, we got a lot of positive feedback from the open house. Because that's how you started your relationship with the county, is you were the MAC rep for Wonder Valley. Actually, I started way back when okay. as a volunteer. Um, I started volunteering, honestly picking up trash in an area in Wonder Valley that I knew saw some need, and this is before MAC. Um, and it just all kind of parlayed. I found myself on a couple different uh, volunteering different entities. And to this day, I still there's so much room for volunteerism out here. And it's the the school district is always looking for volunteers. I'm on the school site council um, volunteering for my my wife's school. So um, it goes way back then. But I thought you moved out here to retire, Steve. <laughs> Please don't remind him. It sounds like Please you're working. Don't remind two, him. Sounds like you're working two full time jobs. It is. Yeah. But to answer your question, yes, I, I have had a, a handful of calls about Mac. All right, we're going to take a, another quick little break, break and be back with the final portion of the Z1077 Up Close Show. Again, our number is 760-366-8471. We'll be right back. Ladder up to big, bold flavor with the hook and ladder sub from Firehouse Subs. Since day one, this Firehouse original has been piled high with smoked turkey breast, Virginia honey ham, and Monterey Jack. Now just $6.49 for a small at Firehouse Subs in Yucca Valley. See why people are still craving the same classic combo of flavors over 28 years later. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of their sales always goes to firefighters and their companies. Buy more subs, save more lives. Order online, get it delivered, pick it up with Rapid Rescue to Go or Dine In. Firehouse Subs in the Home Depot Center, Yucca Valley. Morongo Basin Community Health Center in 29 Palms now has family medicine, pediatrics, dental services, and a lab draw station, all in one convenient location, 6380 Split Rock Avenue, across from the AMPM gas station. Morongo Basin Community Health Center in 29 Palms. Same great medical team, one convenient location to serve your entire family's needs. Call 760-365-9305 to schedule your appointment today. Turn up the heat. The Commodores live. A musical experience you won't forget. Friday, February 24th, Fantasy Springs Resort Casino. Tickets on sale now at fantasyspringsresort.com or call the box office at 760-342-5000. 70 million albums sold. Seven number one hits. The Grammy Award winning Commodores. The Flying Doctors are coming to the Morongo Basin. They're bringing free dental and vision care. Over 25 health professionals will be on site Saturday, March 4th at Copper Mountain College's Bell Center. This unbelievable free event is open to adults and children. No personal documentation is required. They'll be providing dental cleanings, x-rays, fillings, and extractions, as well as eye exams and even prescription glasses. Call the Joshua Tree VFW at 760-366-2717 for an appointment or walk-ins will be seen too. And we're back with the final portion of the Z1077 Up Close Show with Don Rao, the chairman of the San Bernardino County Board of Supervisors, and Steve Reyes, the field rep for the 3rd District. Now, Don and Steve, and you guys uh, first got here today, I says, I want to go back and talk about all the services that San Bernardino County offers. And, uh, you know, it was so much of it's just, just key on, on law enforcement or one thing, but there's so much. And I've got a whole list of things, and I think I got about 2% of them <laughs> out there. So it is the challenge of, uh, of a huge district. Uh, Don, you know, we've watched you go from uh, a volunteer in, in, at the local school district to being active with the town council to being the Yucca Valley mayor and now the chairman of the county board of supervisors. That's, that's quite... Uh, quite a journey for you. Uh, not one that I ever expected. <laughs> 
What, in your opinion, is the biggest challenge faced by the county of San Bernardino? Trying to see what's coming into the future, the needs of transportation, the needs of housing, and how do we... um, how do we protect our desert regions knowing that the valleys are almost outgrowing what they have and that it will push eastward? Uh, big surprise for me and, and maybe for you is the incredible amount of warehouse space that mm-hmm. is now included in San Bernardino mm-hmm. County. I mean, millions upon millions of square footage. I had a meeting yesterday that talked about, um, and it's their own industry that is asking us to put together what they call a good neighbor program on um, how to how to have warehouses and coexist with them, and and the county can't necessarily can't necessarily say no, you can't have your warehouse here because the the there are rules set into place which are laws, and mm-hmm. as long as someone who has the property wants to develop that property within the law, there's not much you can't say no, no, we got too many warehouses. Right. Yeah. Steve, on a smaller basis here in the Morongo Basin. What is the biggest challenge that we face? I think folks moving into unincorporated San Bernardino County and not understanding the challenges that they're going to face. The lack of resources and services is just going to be a little bit longer to wait in line to get those things, to get that construction, get those things done. It's always interesting to me on social media, I'll, I'll see a post from someone who's just moved to Los Angeles going, nobody told me it got this hot. <laughs> nobody <laughs> told me you had 95 mile per hour winds out here. So they're just, uh, just uh, not prepared for the desert. Correct. Yeah, Don, uh, give us a, 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 an idea of what you'd like to change about San Bernardino County or nothing. Oh, I love the county. I mean, I, it's a wonderful place that we live and work. Um, how, how do we keep our rural neighborhoods rural and how do we support the need for um, continued housing? Balancing affordable housing, with, correct. With, uh, you know, Margo Basin Conservation Association put together a recent... Um, it was their annual meeting, but but how do we balance the competing needs? That is probably our biggest challenge going forward with how do we not lose our rural character um, out here. So I've got one more term in me left, Gary, and that's it. I'm done. I'm going to retire after if, if I am blessed you know, to be you reelected. You know, I just got that on tape, right? Tom? Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yes, my fiance <laughs> will be happy to hear that. So I will run for one more four-year term, and we need to find folks that understand and appreciate the desert because it's hard to find electeds um, that are willing to run out here. So please keep that in mind. Thank you, Don Rao. Thank you, Steve Reyes. That's going to do it for the Up Close Show. Be sure to join me next week for more Up Close. Until then, thanks for listening. Drive carefully, and God bless. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Up Close a weekly talk and interview program presented in the public interest by Z1077 News. Join Gary Denio again next Friday at 10 for more Up Close.